Over and out, KR semi-final defeat at the hands of the Wigan Warriors means that the Red and White 2023 Super League campaign is now officially over. For the penultimate podcast of the season, I'm joined once again by former Robin and media pundit Paul Cook as he shares his views on whether the encounter with the Warriors really was one game too far. Podcast regulars Graham Turner and Dan Craft also give their opinions on the game and the lads discuss ins and outs as Maguire, Milnes and Kennedy depart and Jack uh, Jai Whitbread arrives. There's also news of Tom Opacic's new four-year deal and the appointment of Brian Stowe. All this and more on this week's Red Robin Podcast Weekly. Before we catch up with Dan and Graham, though, early today, I caught with Paul Cook. Cookie, great to have you on the Red Robin Podcast Weekly again. Uh, Rovers' season coming to an end, of course, on Saturday. 44 points to 12 defeat against the Wigan Warriors. Um, it's been a great season for the Robins, but that, that final game, it's just just frustrating, isn't it? Because they're so close to Old Trafford. Yeah, and it's a long time before the next game for the players. It's a, a long time to sit and stew on it, isn't it? And um, it, it's not the, the defeat in itself, it's the manner of the defeat. And that, it, it, with all due respect to, to the players, they didn't really give themselves an opportunity to win the game from, from the first set of six in the game. So, um, yeah, I'm sure the players will have a real long off-season and a long break uh, before they can get back on the rugby field. Yeah, I mean, what... What do you put such a bad start down to, Cookie? I mean, the 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 preparation, you know, we're led to believe was great. Although we'll talk a little bit about the the, the build up to the game in the, the week previously, but the warm up looked good. They looked they looked you know pumped up. They had a great run of results into the game. Some supporters said it was a game too far, but I don't think it can be as simple as that, can it? Well, I well I don't buy into that either. I mean, you don't you don't get to where they got to as a group of players by accident, and you know when the when they managed to get to the semi-final before, you know, 80 minutes from Old Trafford, that's not that's not luck. Um, I was a bit I was a bit surprised by what Willie Peters said after the game in terms of that's how they trained some of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm I'm a I'm a firm believer that in big games, you know, the first four or five sets in games, you know exactly what you're doing, where you're kicking the ball off if you're kicking off, where the first five carries from Wigan are going to be. Um, and there's no real excuse for 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 Hulky R starting the way they did. And, you know, the 3v2 created down the short side where Ryan Hall has to knock the ball down in the opening set of six, which then leads to them not having the ball for eight minutes. Um, you know, there, there should be, there, there will be some really harsh lessons learned, I'm sure of it. But um, big, big games, you know, the, the for me, the first five sets of six, the, the, the one in the video room and the one... Um, with knowing exactly what you're going to do and who's going to do it with and without the football. Yeah. Let's talk about, I mean, what Willie Peters said. He did say, didn't he, that the part of the week the players aren't trained great. I mean, last week we did see 
news breaking that Danny Maguire's been been let go from his contract. There's also then talk of uh, Reese Kennedy, Ruin Mills departing. I don't think it is anything that surprised people. I think it was more so the talk of of when it was and and, and the, the fact it was bro- broken the in the lead up to such an important game. And I mean, you didn't see anything from Wigan. There was no news from Wigan coming out, was there? There was tight as anything. And do you think that can derail the preparations in, in such an important game? Yeah, it does. It can because because there's players at the club that will have a, a good relationship with Danny. Um, there's other players at the club that that couldn't care less that don't have a great relationship with him because no, no, not everybody gets on with everybody. Um, the Reese Kennedy one's an interesting one because you know the pl- players have friends within the group. Um, you know, some more tight knit than others, and if he'd have known that uh, it, there was whispers of him leaving the club, then that could have affected the the players. But I don't. Again, I don't. I don't buy into it because. Players move on from clubs every year and, and coaches eventually move on from clubs at some point in their careers. Um, the Maguire one's an interesting one because he obviously had two years to run on his contract. Um, you know, some, Something's gone awry there at the club where, where the, the relationship's broken down on, or you know, whatever it may be in terms of honesty or trust or whatever it is. But um, the, the, for the players to, to not perform to a level which... Is akin to a semi-final game, then I'm, I'm not sure that there is an excuse that, that outside whispers can can affect that. Yeah, I mean, and, and just staying on Maguire, I mean, sometimes it, it's a relationship that might not necessarily broke down on a personal level. It might be on a professional basis where yep. Peter just needs something else it, around him. Um, I mean, it's all going to come out in the wash. Apparently, Danny Maguire is not happy, but like I said, that's that's all going to come out in the wash. But I suppose when um, your assistant coach has been informed that he's no longer wanted and you're going into the second or, or potentially the biggest game of the season, it's just it's just not, you know, psychologically, you can't, even though they might be the most utmost professionals, you still think there's that niggling doubt at the back of the mind that this isn't great for, for the for the setup. Yeah, absolutely. I, you, you know, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, as a player, it's... it's... It's a, it's a reason, I guess, but it shouldn't be made as an excuse for the performance that, that the players then dished up. But, um, you know, but so, something has gone awry. You know, no, no question about that. Something has gone wrong on, on a, a level, a professional level or a personal level with Danny Maguire because mm-hmm. if he's not happy that he's moving on from the club, then ultimately the club's made the decision and if he's not happy about it, then, yeah, it, you know, as you say, it will come out in the wash. Uh, it's a, it's a really mm. strange one for me because it, when you look at that Danny Maguire and Willie Peters, particularly you know after games when you've seen them, particularly the semi final at Headingley, it looked like mm. the relationship was a, was a really good one. So, um, you know, the, the the club have moved on. Obviously, they've they've got in the the guy from from the Rabbitohs, and and he's coming over to head up the the rugby department. Um, they've been five years in post there, so it's. It, the club certainly isn't going backwards with with the decision that they've made, but you know Danny Maguire is obviously pretty upset by it. Yeah, um, another thing that surprised me, Cookie, and it's not something I've seen all season was Willie Peters on the touchline. You know, I mean, and so early on in the game as well. And, yeah. And for me, that almost smacks of desperation. And and don't get me wrong, the Robins were in a desperate situation at, at um, eighteen. 18 nil down after 13 minutes. But as a player, as a former player, if you ever saw your your coach on the touchline when you're not accustomed to seeing him there, does that does that inspire you or, or does that make you go back into your shell? 
Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. I think um, I think when he comes down at eighteen nil, the game's done. You know, and, and I know it's stupid for me to say that, but at eighteen nil in big games, there's no way you're coming back against a Wigan team at home. Um, he had to get down to the touchline to show something. Um, to get a message on to the players, whether that was him stood at the sideline or he sent messages on with Brett Delaney, um, which probably then happened. But, you know, at 18-0, the game's done. And, and as a player, you would know that as, as a player on the field. Uh, and ultimately, for eight of them 13 minutes when they went 18-0 down, they didn't have the football other than to kick the ball off, you know, Schneider. Mm. And even then, he kicked the ball out on the full, twice yeah. in the game. You know, it... it when you talk about, um, you know, an old coach of mine once said, um, when you're in a hole, stop digging. And okay, I just didn't stop digging. You know, they dug themselves a deeper hole uh, and they had no way to get out of it. And I think Willie Peters coming down, whilst it stinks of desperation, like you say, mm. ultimately it was because he, he, he will know that in a big game at 18 0, there's very little chance of his team coming back. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Snyder there and. Of course, he's going to the Penrith Panthers. I mean, what a fantastic journey that is for him to to go to the NRL champions. He didn't have the best game. I do think he took a, a head knock early on, and it did seem to affect his yeah, performance. Yeah. And there's no doubt he does have a few errors in him, but he's still a, a young, up-and-coming player who's still got a lot to learn. But I think that early head knock, for whatever reason, just seemed to, to put him off his game. And as we saw him later on, towards the end, getting into a bit of a kerfuffle with Liam Farrell. You know, and Rovers just seem to do a lot of things that want very Rovers like. They just seem to move away from the game plan, a bit of the coolness. Like I said, Woody Peters on the touchline, and 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 ultimately, as good as Wigan was, I just don't think Hull Kingston Rovers stuck to anything that they'd been been good at, especially in the previous six games where they'd won them all. You know, the, the Wigan didn't have to be brilliant. They didn't have to be brilliant. Once it's eighteen nil, they didn't have to be any good. Hull Kingston Rovers gifted eighteen points basically. Um, and even then, after that, when you know when you're chasing your tail and when you're chasing the game, you're prone to making more errors. Um, and Wigan would then capitalise on it. You know, the, the start of the game and start of both halves is is something that I'm sure that the players and, and Willie Peters will have nightmares about for for a long mm -hmm. time. Um, you know, when you've got Schneider, as you say, with the head knock, but kicking the ball out on the full twice, yeah. you've got players making errors that we've just not seen in in the last six or eight weeks um, of Hulkingston Rovers. So. Um, it's a really harsh lesson in a really big game, and, and whilst the season is successful because they finished in the top four and made the, the the Challenge Cup, ultimately the two biggest games of the season was lost in the opening sets of the game. One at Wembley where they give a they give a penalty away Reese Kennedy, and then they drop the football through Reese Kennedy. And the next time they get the ball, they give it. They, I think they, they gave possession away to Lee when they had the football. Ryan, you know, Ryan Hall gets a tackle from Asiata, which is not been deemed as, as as illegal in the semi-final. So why Hulky I want to run in and, and cause a kerfuffle at, at, at Wembley? Then they go 2-0 down. You know, they didn't have the ball for the opening four or five minutes at Wembley and they haven't had it for eight minutes. There's some really big lessons for the players and, and the coaching staff to learn that whilst it's a successful season, the two biggest games of the season, they've just not turned up in the game early. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, credit to the Robins, though, Cookie. They did manage to find a way back into the game in that second half. And I know, you know, from the supporters um, in the seats and in the concourse, once I went in at 18-6, we thought, you know what, we've maybe weathered a bit of a storm here. Um, an early try, you know, 
game on. And yeah, I, 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 I think Willie Peters would have been delighted at 18 6 mm. at the break. I, mean, I, I, I was watching it delighted that they've got only gone in 18 6 down after they've conceded three tries in 13 minutes. But then they then got themselves back into the game with in the 27 minutes you know, prior to half time. But then they come out and do exactly the same. I mean, I dare say Willie Peters hasn't gone in the changing room and fixed a few things up and asked them to go out and perform in exactly the, the same way as they've started the game. Um, you know, the, the, the first try second half was always going to be massive. And, and once Wigan got it, you saw them racking up a score because Hulky I would then, you know, try and chase the game. Um, and as I say, it, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth a little bit as, as a Hulky KR supporter because you, you desperately want the team to perform better than that in the big games. Um, I know they lost at Wembley by one point in Golden Point, but for me, the lessons of Wembley should have been learned before the semi-final and starting the game in a poor manner, and and that's clearly not not been the case. Yeah, and we uh, we saw whatever Willie Peters did say at halftime go out the window. Wigan score straight away, yeah. and then John Abdul comes on. Uh, Walker gets hooked. Mikey Lewis goes to full back, and then it almost seems to be like get as many players out there who can try and make some happen. And then, and, that, you know, and, that, and that's going away from what's mm. what's worked for the club over the last six weeks, isn't it? Uh, you can't blame Willie Peters for trying to get the, the attacking players onto the field and, and putting Lewis to fullback because it's worked in the past. Um, you, you can understand. And again, you mentioned that word when he came down to the touchline, it's desperation. Well, then it was desperation throwing as many attacking players out there as possibly could. But, but ultimately... That the game plan then is out the window, isn't it? You're just asking them to play, play a little bit of Adlib rugby league, and and that that makes you more prone to errors. Yeah, and Wigan definitely exploited that going on to score a yeah. few more tries, ending the game forty-two points to twelve. Um, I mean, the one thing that that Willie Peters did say is that his job is to make you know ten Rovers been from good into great. What you would say is that Rovers have been very good this season. They've come up short when it's mattered most, and and the departure of players like Rowan Milnes, Reese Kennedy, um, Ethan Ryan, Sam Woods, with the incoming of Tyrone May, Peter Hicko, Oliver Gilda—is that the shift? Is that the are those the players who'll take us from good to great? Do you think? Well, 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 well ultimately now, and, and and I have this conversation a lot with with the guy who I do talk about with Matt Wilson. Um, it's one thing having money; it's another thing spending it wisely. So it's okay that the club have got the, the backers that they've got and the board of directors they've got, but they've got to get it right with recruitment because Willie Peters will be under pressure to get it right with recruitment. And recruitment is the top and bottom of the way you keep your job in professional rugby league. Um, the signings that they've made, Tyrone May particularly is a great signing for me. I think he's been fantastic for the Dragons the last six or eight weeks himself. Um, you know, you can understand Rowan Milne's going out, uh, you know, leaving to go to Castleford because ultimately that boy needs to play and play regular. For, for him to, to to find his footing in the game, you know, and, and when you look at Hiku and and Gildar, you know, Opechek signing a new deal, the, the club is certainly moving forward in the right direction. There's no question about that. Um, and 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 as Willie has already alluded to, it's his job then to mould the team into a, a more consistent team, not just a top four team. But, uh, and not just a challenge cup finalist team or a semi finalist in, in the grand final, you, you've got to then try and get them over the line. Uh, and that is where the, the, the difficult job starts, isn't it? You know, because it's okay being in them big games, but winning them is, is, is a different story. Yeah. And I suppose as well, Cookie, it, this season ramps up the pressure on Peters even more next season, doesn't it? Because 
that the expectation will be to yeah. move on there. Yeah, that's right. The, 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 the level of expectation goes up with the signings, one, the signings at the making and two, the previous season. Um, so getting back to Wembley is a dream for the, the supporters and going to Old Trafford would be a dream to see all Kingston Rovers supporters there, wouldn't it? So, um, yeah, the, it's a big job. It's, it's, a, it's a great position for, for Willie to be in because ultimately, you know, the, the club have paid off Reese Kennedy. They've mm. released Rowan Mills from his contract. They're bringing in other players, you know, Jai Whitbread coming in and, you know, Hiku and, and Gilda. Uh, and as you say, they're, they're not going to be coming in any cheaper than what's going out. There's no question about that. So the, the, the pressure then starts on, well, we're spending all this money on all these players. We don't just want to be a top four team and, and in the Challenge Cups. We want to be winning these things. So... It's going to be a really interesting off-season and, and start to 2024 for OKR and Willie Peters. And it's an exciting one. Yeah, and speaking about Willie Peters and the off-season, he said in his post-game press conference he's going to spend some of his time using his contacts to go into football and rugby union yeah. and other sports to, to obviously better himself as a coach, look at different approaches, etc., etc. I mean, you've been involved in coaching as well. Cookie, how important is that to look at other sports and, and get yourself out the rugby league bubble? Yeah, massive. Massive because... You know, whichever organisation you go into and, and, and look at, uh, I was fortunate enough to go into, you know, Worcester Warriors when I was involved in rugby union and Leicester Tigers when um, uh, Richard Cockrell was the coach there. So it's it, you, there's always something that you can pick up that you can take back to your club uh, and something that you might want to, you know, you know, one thing, I'll give you an example. One thing that I picked up from Leicester Tigers was when they, when they did skills and, and, ball handling or, or team runs the coach had a tennis ball on him and and while they're going back after a set of six if you like to, to start the next set he chucked the tennis ball to one of the players who chuck it to another one and, and it just kept the hand-eye coordination in and, and the session became a little bit more intense because there was no break in it um so that, you know, there's there's always something that you can pick up from from different organizations it may well be the mental side um or the strength and conditioning side for Willie Peters at a football club, it could be anything. But it's, a, it's really important to to train himself as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, last night, Bevan French announced as Man of Steel. Yeah. I think you are. Are you on the, on the voting panel, Cookie? Yes, I am. Yeah, I, and I find, I find it really, really harsh on, on the people that vote on it. Um, you know, I, 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 a Tell us how it works. I watched, just, Cookie, I watched, I watched last night and I watched the, the build-up to it. You know, and the people that are from St. Ellen's are thinking Jack Wellsby should get it. The people from Wigan think Bevan French should get it. The people from Catalan think Tom Johnson should get it. Well, I thought Bevan French should have got it, uh, uh, and I'm on the panel. Uh, and you vote on a one, two, three basis. You know, three points for the top, two points for the second, three points for third, every week that you vote on a game. Um, uh, and, and I'm not sure that there's a, there's a fairer way to do it. So I, I take some of the criticism quite personal, really. Um but ultimately, you get people from different clubs or, or that are associated with the club that only back the, the, the player from their club. You know, so for mm -hmm. everyone who everyone who was on the, the TV last night from St. Ellen's thought Jack Wellsby should get it. Well, I'll tell you now, if 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 Sean Kenny Dahl was there, I'd still think Bevan French was the man of steel. And I'm a mm -hmm. I'm I like Hawkins and Rovers. Or if Danny Outham was on there, I'd still think it was Bevan French. Mm -hmm. I think people are just rose tinted glasses at, at times. Um and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure there's a fairer way to do it. And if there is, then give it, give us a solution, and uh, maybe we can try it. But you know, try not to criticise when when you're not involved in. 
No, I, I suppose the only other way is doing it, you do a fan vote, or you just get people sat around a table saying who they think should have it. But that either way is not the most equitable way of, of getting the winner, is it? Yeah, because because you forget about rounds one, two, and three, mm. and you remember the, the last six weeks of hulking some Rovers performances, but you mm. won't remember that Reese Kennedy was the best player in the game when they played Wakefield at home, mm. which he was, by the way. I voted on it. I thought Reese Kennedy was the best player for Hull KR when they played Wakefield. But you, again, you 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 then become clouded by the recent results yeah. and and the best player recently. When when ultimately the best player of, of the competition has been has been doing it since since round one or two or three. Yeah, and there's no doubt, you know, Bevan French, Jack Wells, but you know, sometimes you are picking Peter or Paul, aren't you? Because they're, yeah. they're at such a high level and, and the performances are so consistent that and, and 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 then players are, are are often at a disadvantage because they've got so many superstars at their club. Mm. So it's, so when you watch Wigan Weekly, Liam Farrell is is an eight nine out of ten every week. Yeah, you know when you watch him, and and then when you watch Jai Field, often or Abbas Miski throws in four tries, and you've got to pick him as man of the match. So it's really yeah. it's really interesting that they, you know Brody Croft wins it last year in a, in a Salford team that was outstanding. But ultimately, he's a big fish in a smaller pond than, than anything that's at Wigan. Yeah, and when you reflect on the season as a whole, Cookie, I know we've got the grand final on, on Saturday, which is a, a mouthwater in Ty, really. Um, how do you reflect on the season as a whole? Yeah, uh, for, from a Hull Kingston Rovers point of view, it, it's success. It's moving forward. Um, I look forward to seeing them and, and what they can do next year. For Hull FC, it's not been, not been a great one, has it? They, they've got to make some vast improvements um, in terms of consistency and consistency. Dan, Graham, great to have you back on the podcast. I mean, Cookie talks a lot of sense. He's someone I could spend probably uh, a, a couple of hours over a few pants talking rugby league about. Um, I mean, if we cast our man back to, to Saturday in that that defeat to the Wigan Warriors, Graham. Um, I think most Robin supporters would have probably took a defeat. I, I suppose the manner of defeat is what's frustrated a lot of supporters. Yeah, look, it's, it's always going to be a tough place to go, even the regular season. But when you ramp it up a notch with with playoff intensity, um, and yeah, I think most fans would have gone thinking we're in the best shape possible to give it a good go. Um, certainly with winning six on the bounce. A relatively clean bill of health um, in, on the injury front. Uh, not putting square pegs in round holes. We probably had our best 17 out there um, in the shirts. So, yeah, in that respect, I, I, I thought we had everything there for the you know for the taking to give us a good opportunity to give a give it a good show of ourselves. But then the then the whistle went and it all went tits up. <laughs> Tits, yeah, that's one way to put it. I mean, Dan, I mean, Graham's just, you know, everything was pointing towards, um, I don't know, Challenge Cup semi-final performance, close game, ebb and flow, you know, one team might win it by a couple of points, a drop goal, golden point, whatever, and it never materialised. Um, and it's hard to point, put your finger on why that happened. Um Ultimately, you know, being 18 points down after 13 minutes didn't help, did it? 
did you put anything though into the build-up where the the news emanating about Dan Maguire departing? You know, we had Reese Kennedy, Roy Milnes. It just seemed to be of all the weeks to break that news. Why did it have to be the week that we was going into a, a Super League uh, playoff semi-final? Yeah, I think for me it was, it was we're going to the game with more hope than an expectation, weren't we? Uh, with, with regards to the, the news that was breaking, I, I don't think it'll have affected. I think they'll have known that Danny Maguire was leaving long before that. If something's gone on within the club, we're not party to it. Are we? we're, we're, it'll all come out in the wash eventually. There's people speculating and whatnot. But I think it'll have been known if if the rumours are true that Peters don't see eye to eye with Maguire, they're going to feed off that in training. Um but that, that'll have been going on for weeks and we've been playing outstanding, haven't we, for the past few weeks? I think the main thing for me was on the bus on the way there, we were saying the atmosphere is going to be electric. We just need to sort of compose ourselves. Just They're going to come at us, weather the storm for the first quarter of an hour, first quarter of the game even, just weather the storm and we'll be in a game and we'll just match them. Obviously, that didn't happen, did it? When you're 18 nil down, it's after what was it 12 minutes? You, that's it, isn't it? You, you, the game's gone at that point. You might as well. We might have close to just going out and going to the pub. To be honest, going to go sit in that red red robin around the corner. Uh, but yeah, I think the build up wasn't ideal. But yeah, we, there's nothing we can do about it now, is there? No, and Graham, when you look back at the game, um, you know, like we said. 18 points down after 13 minutes. I mean, credit to the Robins. They did get back into the game, didn't they? 21 minutes. Rove's going for a try. And then it sort of, the abated the, the Wigan attack. And, and we thought, hang on. Actually, yeah, we've got off to a shit start. But we're getting into the game. We're building into it. We've got some points on the board. We've, we've stopped Wigan from scoring. Half time, yeah, Willie Peters. It's unusual to see him on the touchline. But if he rips into one, relays the game plan... Tells them to get back to what they used to doing. We'll come out in the second half. If we can get an early try or we can at least stop Wigan from score, scoring early, you're thinking game on here. And then, you know, Wigan go and do exactly what they did in the very first half at the start of the game. And you just, you know, you, you're left scratching your head at how a team who have been able to put themselves in so many great positions and how many times, how many times we've seen Rovers be the first team to score after the half time, you know, in the, in the, in the second half of a game uh, early on. And for whatever reason, just, I mean, a brain fart from Schneider. It just, you know, like you said, we, we was all sat there, weren't we? Just scratching our heads. We, we went in at half time full of hope and it was just, took away from us in that second half, you know, so early on. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot, of pick, lot to unpick there, John. Um, the, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, again, just jumping back to what Cookie was saying there, and again, like you, I could I could sort of listen to him and um, talk rugby league all afternoon. Uh, I just think he talks very well and comes up with some unique experience as an ex-player um, to, you know, to bring an insight into, into what, for us, might seem quite black and white actually there's, there's a few grey areas with it but yeah, in, yeah in no, there's no black and white on this podcast well sorry yeah uh, red and white then and <laughs> some pink areas then um um yeah getting back into it 186 it, it, it created that 
that glimmer of hope. What we needed to, to happen then was, first of all, not to let Wigan score again, which we managed to do that. But I, I still don't think we had enough attacking ball to, to create too many more chances after that. And I think you mentioned on the interview with uh, with Cookie there about going in at 18-6 happy, at 18-6 down and we're, and we're happy. And we were, that it wasn't 30 points to six. I think that, that was the overriding um, feeling I had was that it wasn't more towards we we managed to get back to that scramble that's been pretty good for us over the the recent weeks and stemmed at that, that tide. But I still don't think we had enough creativity. And then yeah, like you say, they're in they're in at half time. Um, I'm sure there'll have been some some words spoken, probably by the players who will know that 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 level of performance wasn't good enough and how we can expect to compete at semi final level after that that first 15 minutes start. Um, yeah, there'll be a lot. There'll been a lot of um, soul searching, no doubt about performances there. But to then repeat the same exercise at the start of the second half and expect a different result is is mind blowing. That that we, we let that happen. And again, just jumping back to what Cookie said there about being in control of those first those first players where you're kicking off. You know exactly where you want to put the ball. You know exactly where where you want your numbers to be at. You know exactly how you want to attack those first uh, first four or five drives, get a good set and get the ball back and then start from there and start to play. We, we just didn't do that first or second half. And that, you know, you, you take a, it's going to sound really, really stupid, but you take away the points they scored in the first 10, 13 minutes of, of both sides of half time. Scoreboard-wise, it was pretty even game. And that's where I think if we'd have been able to compete in that 15 minutes in the first half and go toe-to-toe with Wigan and not let them score the 18 points and, and build ourselves into the game. Not saying the result would have changed, but it, it has certainly been a different level of performance and it would have been that, that you know, a score or two either way that, that you were alluding to there. But we just didn't let that happen first half and then, as I say, compounded it in that first five to ten minutes of the second half when they got another couple in and then it was definitely game on because we absolutely needed that first try in the second half. There was no way no way of coming back and you could visibly see everybody draining after that first one went in that that was that was it any hope we had was just completely snuffed out there and then yeah Dan there was uh, I suppose ultimately there was too many of our big players who needed to perform just ultimately didn't perform and it just seems strange isn't it why why they didn't perform yeah I think you could probably look at who could who could in that Side so put their hand up and say, "I played well today," and it's not—it's not a lack of quality or a lack of effort. I don't think it's—you can question the effort of the players. I think it was a game too far. Probably, maybe Sam Luckley again stood out for me, somebody that played had a, had a decent enough game. But it just it was that perfect start. I think we've got to sort of look at Wigan though. They're doing them a disservice, really. They—they they played like the Wigan. It was probably one of their better performances of the season, one of their best performances, wasn't it? And it's just that perfect storm against playing against one of our worst performances of the season. You look at, like, Jai Field, I thought he was just unplayable. The man's a freak, isn't he? He's just unplayable. Um, I don't know, though, Dan. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, like, it feels like, did they did they have to push the gate open or did we open it for them? Because I they, didn't, for they, them, they didn't. I think there was a lot of opportunities where, you know, you know how many times did we see our defence? What they had it, you could almost see it where they had a, a four five man overlap, yeah. And they're setting up a play, 
and it was so obvious in the stands to see the overlap yeah. and see the man. And and for whatever Rovers just couldn't read the plays. Now, don't get me wrong, Wigan and got that by fortune, have they? They've got that because that's part of their play set. But Rovers just didn't seem to be able to respond to it. And I just wonder why Rovers were just they just looked so off the pace at times during the game. Yeah, it's like you say, John, you can see it from the stands. I think there was two or two or three of their tries who sat there and at the play of the ball, you sort of went try. Yeah. You, yeah. you knew right. this totally. And people have been quick to jump on senior on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. But for me, Opacic had his probably his worst game in a Rovers shirt. Again, not not effort, not quality. He's just had a poor game. People have poor games. And Bachelor didn't help him out. I think that that whole edge just seemed to they just couldn't number up. It's almost like they would they'd never met before. They just I don't know. Something went horribly wrong, didn't it, on Saturday? It's it's in the past now, isn't it? I mean, like Schneider had a, an awful game, but he took his shirt off to give it to somebody at the end of the game, and he was mummified, wasn't he? He was not bandaged up. He wasn't right, was he? So can you put it down to that? Probably. He's, it's one of them, and there's there's probably a a number of reasons why players didn't have the best games of their careers, but it is what it is now. We're going to have to learn from it. That's what the big sides do. You look at Wigan, they turned up putting a performance, a professional performance. And like Graham said, the first 20 minutes, either side of half time, either, either, either half, the first 20 minutes of each half, they just terrorised us, didn't they? And probably for the, the last 20 minutes of the game, they probably felt, set the foot off the throat a bit. Have, have one eye on, Catalans next week, didn't they? Yeah, and Graham, those, uh, I mean, desperation, panic stations, whatever you want to call it, uh, the first try straight after the uh, they come out for the second half. Uh, Jack Walker gets hooked. John Abdul comes on and it's almost, you know, using a football analogy, it's almost like get all your strikers on, get all your creative and see what happens. And and I think Willie Peters was going for like a Hail Mary, wasn't he? Try get everyone on and see what happens. Unfortunately, uh, that didn't really materialise until what the seventy sixth or seventy minute when when Jez Litton goes in for the try. John Abdul creates it. Um, nothing really much happened attacking wise before that, and and really it was Wigan who capitalised on on the Robins. I don't know poor defence, you know poor decision making. Uh, like Dan said, it was not, it's nothing to do with a lack of effort. It's not to do with a lack of desire. Um, it was, I don't know if it's something to do between the ears or whatever it is, but it just it just didn't work out from in the end, did it? No, and again, just jumping back to what, what you were talking about with Cookie, about, about the, the learning opportunities that this is going to bring, and I'm sure players individually will, will learn things about themselves and other things individually they can do better, the coaching staff, the, you know, Willie Peters, what, what happened in preparation during the week, is there any contributing factors to that and look I think apart from one game we're going to play the same number of games we have this season you know that that for us was the Challenge Cup final so for them they're going to have beaten up bodies you know they've played as many games they've um, they've competed at the top of the league uh, all season long um, I think there's a lot to be said between the years around around the, the men, mentality of how we, how we approach these type of games and look, Wigan notoriously have been in these big games a lot more than we have. And that's the bit we've got to learn how to adapt to. We are going in the right direction, no question. But 
just on the big games, you know, with the uh, Challenge Cup final. Again, we all felt that something wasn't quite right there. We didn't play the whole car away. We didn't go and attack Lee. And we've shown twice that if we do attack them, what, what happens to them since since that day. So I think there was a little bit of resent, you know, resentment, regret, whatever you want to call it, after that game. And then the same with this one. I don't think that was a whole KR performance that we've been used to this season. We've beat, we, we beat Wigan twice this season, so we know it can be done. Um, and, you know, I agree with Dan, sometimes Jay Field is, it, it is unplayable. But actually, we've shown on two occasions we can play him and we can, you know, outperform them on, on, on those big, big occasions, albeit one was the first game of the season. But... We had that semi-final against them and showed the, the mental determination, the physical determination, the, just the sheer doggedness to get a result on that day. We didn't have any of that on on uh, on Saturday. And like you said, the effort was there. I'm sure it was. Skill levels were not as good as that we've seen them. There was drop balls left, right and centre. There was mistakes galore. You know, like you say, Schneider kicking out in the full, not once, but twice, dropping the ball in good attacking position. So lots of things went wrong which I don't think, you know, what was going on behind the scenes in, in the week caused Schneider to kick out on the full twice. That's a mental thing. That's not anything to do with Danny Maguire, Reese Kennedy, etc. That is between the ears for me. Yeah. Dan, I'm going to throw this out there. Do you think, as supporters, maybe we need to change our mentality as well? Because, um, you know, it's fantastic atmosphere. The Robins supporters got right behind them. You know, even full-time whistle when we was, you know, getting heavily beaten. We're up there, we're singing, we're stood up, we're chanting. You know, are the players in a kind of bubble where no matter what, they can't do wrong? I don't know, like, should we be a bit more critical or or actually is that the wrong way to go? Because Because to get to that next level, I suppose you need a certain... I don't know, a level of critique, you need to be a certain level of, I don't know, threat, danger, where if you don't get it wrong, you're going to get your ass kicked kind of thing. And, and no doubt Willie Peters is doing that in the changing rooms, but um, or do you think the supporters are right to just back the boys, back the boys, keep supporting no matter what? I don't know. I think it's two sides to that, isn't it? There's the, the side where do you accept mediocrity and we finished fourth, we got to the cup final, that's it. We're, we're and, that, and that's what I mean, Dan. Is that is that enough or should we be... No, that's not enough. No, no, I, I don't think... we. I, I think we should be expected to do more. You sort of look at the attitude of the ticket sales building up to the game. I know Wigan sold a lot on the day, didn't they? It was good atmosphere. They did, it did actually turn out a good crowd in Wigan in the end. Mm. But... There was, there's almost like like the cup final, this cup semi final against them. There's that attitude. Oh, we'll just get tickets for the final because we'll get there. Surely we want to be in that sort of position going forward, not just loving the fact that we've reached a semi final. How great we beat Batley and Salford to get to a semi final. This is a pinnacle of our season. Let's, but we we need if we're if we're going to reach that stage though, we need to be winning stuff. Like if we'd have won the cup final puts us on the map as a team that wins trophies, doesn't it? We're going to win a trophy. We're in semi-finals of the playoffs. I think we we need to... I don't know. I think it's because we've been in this sort of stage for the past, well, since I've been supporting Rovers, the league game, if you remember, the drop goals. Um, yeah, I'm still waiting for the PowerPoint. Yeah, I'll send you that over. Um, but you sort of look, we've been steadily building. We got knocked back with relegation, but... At the same time, we've been steadily building and we've never really had much to cheer about apart from a fourth place finish and that's it. So 
I think it all goes on next season, doesn't it? We need to build. And if we're next season, we finish sixth and get knocked out in the Challenge Cup quarterfinal, that's a failure, isn't it? Hmm. And as fans, we can't be going, oh, but at least we made the playoffs. We got to the playoffs. We need to be going, well, why didn't we? Why didn't we finish fourth or higher next this, this, this coming season? What's the reason? So that's the point, I suppose, Graham, isn't it? Is, is Tyrone May, Petter Hicku, Oliver Gildar, are those the players? Um, Jai Whitbread throw him into the equation are those the players who are going to take us from a Challenge Cup final defeat uh, Super League semi-final playoff defeat are those the players who are going to be the difference between us winning trophies next season or not because Willie Peters is going to be under a lot of pressure next season to deliver on you know equally what he's done this season and improve on that as well yeah, just just before I jump into that one, John, I just just going back to the, the, the question you asked uh, Dan there, and I just want to throw out the point there about if there's, there's a danger with fans of how criticism comes across. So you know what message boards are like, and the drivel that's put on there is not constructive. Usually, ninety percent of the time, it's just you know usually nonsense, and. That can, you know, I, I don't know any clubs in any sports off the top of my head, you may correct me, but I don't know any clubs in any sports where the fans have voiced their concerns that much that it's had a positive effect on the team. It's just created divisions. It's it's separated the unity of the club going in one direction. It creates um, tension, pre unnecessary pressure. Look, players know when they've played well and players know when they've not performed so well. Um, they do the video analysis. It's all picked up during the week. We're supporters of the club, not, you know, we, we support the club. And look, things don't always go your way. I get that. There's ups, there's, there's downs. We follow OKR. What, what more do we expect? But I don't, I don't think that there's a, a natural platform, constructive platform that, that fans have got. It comes across as negativity. It comes across as... Um, sometimes personal abuse to, to, to people. Again, what what improvements is that going to make to any player receiving personal abuse? So, yeah, that, that No, and I was going to say, Greg, as well, just to clarify what I was saying, it, you know, I totally agree with 100% any personal abuse, anything like that. No place for it in the game. I suppose what I mean is supporters as a supporter base, it's about our expectation should be raised, you know, effort, determination, all that. We love it, we applaud it, we celebrate it. That's what we sing about. It's now that next level of no, as supporters, we should be our aspirations should be more. It's about us saying, actually, yeah, it's good to be in a Challenge Cup final, but actually, we need to get to a point where we're expected to be in a Challenge Cup final. We need what you know, and now that manifests itself in a lot of different ways. And, and unfortunately, you're right, Graham, that manifests itself sometimes in abuse, you know, personal criticism, which is unwarranted, unfounded, and it's not all kinks and rovers. And we'd never want to see that. Uh, I just think as a supporter base, sometimes, you know, we need to lift ourselves up and and, and we need to, you know, we, we we cheer the boys, we celebrate and we, we cheer effort and we, it's just, I don't know, is that part of the next step of, of going on to actually then winning something? Yeah, I mean, you look at what, 
well, I mean, I'm going to sound a bit stupid now, but St Helens early in the season, obviously World Cup champions. They've not made a grand final. They've made not, not made a Challenge Cup finalist. They're expecting it. So, what, what, how do they react as a club? What, what do they go away and do? In the, you know, the Leeds Rhinos of this world, albeit uh, not for a few years, but but consistently up at that. What what hap- what is it that they're doing that we haven't been to get to that next level and consistently at that next level? So, I'm sure there's lessons to be learned of things that, that we we can do. But I, I think our job as supporters is to support the team, the club. Um, as best we can, and we showed that on what we can do on Saturday. Look, it wasn't our day. We we then, I think, have to have to reset our benchmark of where we pitch ourselves because look where we were two years ago. We were bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to go to fourth in the league in two years and a Challenge Cup final and a semi final of the you know one game away from from Old Trafford, that's building success. One game doesn't define long-term success or not, but building in the right direction does. So jumping forward to your original question, John, about those players, and you look at the, the the players who've gone out and the ones that have come in, and have we replaced with better is always my question that I ask is, is that better than what we've got now? If so, great, it should improve the squad. If not, what have we done it for? And I think the names that you've reeled off there, the Whitbreads of this world, the Hikus, um, the Tyrone Mays, Oliver Gildarts, etc. On paper, the names, I believe, are better than the ones we're letting go. The challenge is going to be if, if they can be moulded into playing the whole KR way that Peters wants to, and if they fit in with that and perform to the levels that we know of them and the reasons why we bought them, then I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be you know, knocking about these semi-finals and finals and really challenging for those trophies come end of season. Yeah, I mean, Dan, you reel off them names, and all of a sudden, you know, you see the departures, and you, and you go, do you know what? The, they are a step up, aren't they? That in terms of not only improving the squad, but actually, we're getting players who were leaving the side um, are not the ones who were necessarily featuring in the first team, but the players who are coming in are actually then going to challenge the ones who are in the first team. So, so that creates you know huge competition there. There's still, you know, a lot of supporters are questioning the Reese Kennedy, uh, Jai Whitbread situation, one in, one out. You know, obviously one player quarter, you know, we only had one quarter spot, so we had to release Kennedy. Reese Kennedy's released a statement on Instagram saying how it was he didn't want to leave. He was quite happy here. Um Jai Whitbread coming in from a relegated Wakefield side. Um, you know, he's played more minutes, although he's played less games. I don't know what what's your opinion. Is it an upgrade? Is it a downgrade? Is it uh, equal, or is it a suck it and see? If we can keep him on the pitch, it's an upgrade, isn't it? it just seems to think he's had a bit of a bad luck with injuries, hasn't he? So that's that's going to be the key thing. Uh, with, with Kennedy, it's difficult, isn't it? Again, you're not party to what's going on behind the scenes. They eh? would dealings have 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 Rovers said well, something along the lines of look, Reese, you're not going to be short of offers. There, there will be a club that will pick you up. We'll square you up your last year of your contract or a certain amount of money, and he's gone. Yeah, fair enough. It, it, I don't think he's been told you're rubbish, you're leaving, because I don't think that'd ever be the case. I think mean, he's start of the season he did cop a bit of flack, didn't he? But come back end of the season, he's been one of our standout forwards. He has, and you can't knock his effort levels. I think start of the season again, effort levels. He was he was trying too hard, if anything. 
just trying to trying to do too much. But I don't know. You see, you see Whitbread. You think he's a, got he's got a bit of pace for a big lad as well. He's, he sort of fits the Willie Peters mould of a forward, doesn't he? So we'll see. And going back to about the effort levels and uh, the whole KR way, that's that's the interesting thing for me. What we'll see with these players that he's brought in, if if he can get on playing this this way with the effort levels and non-stop. The, Defence has been excellent this year, and if he can get them playing that way, we have got some good players there. Yeah, and, and, and Graham, you look at Kennedy, he didn't have a great start to the season. He he, he he got slowly into it, he got into it, and then, and to be fair, from, I don't know, the, the final fair of the season, we probably saw the best of him. Towards the end of the season, he didn't feature as much. Um, the only comparison, I suppose, you can make to Jai Whitfield is that the two props... Other than that, there is no comparison because they're two t- completely different types of prop, aren't they? And, and Jai Whitbread seems to go more into the mould of a, a George King in terms of he, he'll do a lot of minutes, he, he'll, he can run with a ball, can do a maybe a little offload and, and, and he'll do a bit of defensive work, whereas Kennedy was quite specific in the job he did. Um, so it's a... I suppose it shows you that the route Willie Peters go is going down in terms of the type of prop he wants. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think one important point to make, John, is that Reese Kennedy was was Peter's signing, mm. so he brought him in with you know with Opechik at the same time. And if you remember, he announced the three signings all at once, and Kennedy was one of those. And it's interesting that somebody who we thought twelve months ago would be the fit for his team. Um, and brought him over from Australia is now sort of packing his bags out of the club and you know wishing well obviously uh, to, to to wherever he goes. Um, but he must want some you know he must have a certain mould of, of things he wants his prop forwards to do and um, I don't know does does Whitbread feel the feel the bell a bit more than Kennedy? They, he obviously must think that way otherwise. The transaction wouldn't have happened, and again, it was that word as a as a fan. The transaction in the fact that we're not party to what what he wants out of of players and what he what he sees the mould being for players to do, and recognizing that can he do that? You know, Dan uh, intimated there that he's got a bit of pace about him. We haven't seen that from uh, you know from uh, Kennedy. Like you say, he's been very specific in what he's been on to do, and it's always been in relatively short blocks of time. There's no way he's playing 30 minutes at a go, something like that. So, yeah, is it is it more effort based? Is it more attack, uh, physical? You know, physical based. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what he wants unless he releases the blueprints of what his forwards should look like in, in terms of their performances. It's hard to, to, to sort of stick exact reasons on it, but he's obviously made a decision, and this this sort of to me, demonstrates. Uh, I think I've read it a couple of times already, but ruthlessness in what what he's doing, uh, in Willie Peters, in his his sort of single-mindedness around what he wants the club to achieve under his stewardship, and we've seen it before with with players early on in the season when he axed Mancella, and and you know I had a word with him. He's axed Ethan Ryan before, etc. He's made those tough calls that we've talked about on this podcast before, and. Mostly, they've they've worked out pretty well, um, you know, for us. So the, again, this is one of those tough calls where look, we're going to have to judge this one next season and see what what 
we get if there's an improvement in it then we'll we'll forget this conversation ever happened and say what a, you know what a good acquisition that was by Willie Peters but yeah there's a few few surprises in there in terms of the whole scenario but we we can't judge it in the here and now until we get round to sort of February March time next year and he's playing regularly hopefully in the red and white shirt and doing what he's been brought in to do yeah and he, and Willie Peters was determined to to get his man I mean they've uh, paid up Reese Kennedy's second year of his contract and it's not been wildly reported as well but they paid a transfer fee for Jai Whitbread as well so uh, they've put some money on the table for him, Dan. Um, Danny Maguire, sad to see him go. Yeah, I think he's he, he deserves a better send off than how it's been in the report in the press and all the rumours, don't they? Don't forget, look at back in the last season, what he did with the young lads when we like, took 16 men to Hull, we took gang of kids to Wigan, didn't we? And you know, we, he, he has. He has helped out the club massively, hasn't he? He's, he's been a good servant to the club. I just, uh, yeah, I think it, it'd be better if he'd have gone on better terms, but I don't know, was he in the Tony Smith way of thinking? Uh, and Danny and, and Willie Peters didn't like that. You don't know, do you? Is, he, is that the way he's, he's looking? He's, yeah, I think he, he deserved a better send-off, but we'll see what happens. Just hopefully... Uh, we've got somebody in that's a good replacement. Let's see what's happening. So I don't think it's Kenny Dowell, is it going to be his assistant? Or um, Lovegrove's coming in to work with the kids, isn't he? So let's see who comes in. Yeah, so the current setup is obviously Reese Lovegrove is coming to take in the vacant uh, academy uh, first team coaching role. Sean Kenny Dowell, his role was supposed to be sort of the conduit between the academy and the, the first team in terms of helping players come through and helping develop them. There's been another appointment in terms of Brian Brian Stowe. He's, he's at the uh, the Rabbitohs. He's been there for five years. Uh, a whole lad, he was Bransome High um, student there. He's coming over to the Robins. He's going to be, I think, a kind of football manager role. So I'm guessing Graham Hill sitting between Willie Peters and, and Lakin and, and and take a lot on the, the, the planning role. I mean, Lakin's got such a huge job commercially and looking after so many other things. Willie Peters has got a, a big job looking after just the players and the and the team. So I'm guessing he's gonna come and sit in between there. Does beg the question is with Danny Maguire departing, is another assistant gonna come in there? We don't know because we've got Dave Hodgson, Brett Delaney. I mean Mr. Hull Rockers on YouTube he's he says will Delaney follow Danny Mags? We don't know because we don't know where Mags is going. I mean, I've heard nothing about Delaney departing. Um, who knows? I mean, the, the rumour mill's going into overdrive. There's no names, though, bounding about who might come in as an assistant, which leads you to think maybe will one come in? We don't know, do we? You don't know if he's going to get one over from Australia, somebody trusts from Australia, do you? I can't see Delaney following Danny Mags. I think they're their own men, aren't they? They're not joined at the year. I know they played together at Leeds. It's just an interesting one for Danny Max. Everybody had cast down as his place, didn't they? And then you got Featherstone, who have got James Ford as their interim coach. If they'd have gone up, would they have gone sniffing after Danny Mags? Obviously, that's gone to pot now, hasn't it? So, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see where he ends up. There's rumours of, of Hull, weren't there? But from what okay. I heard, he wasn't. Any, anyone who departs Rovers gets linked with, with Rovers at the moment. You know what I mean? 
from what you I know, heard. the tea lady could leave and she's going to work at the MKM. Sorry? The tea lady could leave and she'll get linked with a move to the MKM. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the way it is, isn't it? They're, they're desperate for picking up our scraps out there at the minute. That's what they that's all they, they can look forward to, isn't it? Us getting yeah. beat in semi-final and picking up with scraps. Yeah. Well, Graham, I mean, Danny Mags, is, like I said to Dan, he's been a great servant to the club. Um, you know, I suppose it's sad he don't get the farewell he maybe deserved because also he wasn't just the assistant coach. He served as well as a player at a, a pretty mm. shitty time for as a as a team, and and, and he came in um, and did very well for us. And, and he he's gone through a bit of turmoil in terms of the coaching setup, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And no doubt, you know, we all fully respect Willie Peters' um, decision because it's ultimately him who's in charge and it's him who's got to have the people around him to who he feels comfortable with and, and the people he feels he needs. Um, it just see, seems a bit sad that Danny Mags' sort of departures, I don't know, almost gone w- without us having the chance to say thank you for, for what you've done. Yeah, absolutely. I can 100% general what you said there. As, as a player, he helped us out uh, massively, brought that touch of quality to, to the back end of his career where in a red and white shirt, um, thrust into some um, uh, ad hoc coaching role as well to, you know, to, to steer the ship. Um, uh, you know, at a time when he was learning his trade, he got, you know, he got that uh, adversity to deal with. So I'm sure that you know, I'm sure that it will come out further down the line what, what has happened because as as was said earlier on, it appeared that you look back at some of the games and there were thickest thieves, the pair of them with with the way that the games were going, that the you know the, during the game they're always in discussion with each other about things and well Graham Cookie Cookie said it that semi final where Peters and Maguire uh were bear hugging each other, you know, you looked you couldn't be any closer, could you? You don't hug you know, you yeah. won't hug your enemy, would you? So yeah. whatever's happened after that. Yeah, and, and that's the bit that we don't know, and it's it's wrong to speculate what could have gone on. And you, you don't know if it's a clash of ideas, if it's a um if it's a, a player retention or recruitment issue, or you know, we don't know. We, we could come up with 101 reasons and still be wrong with it. And look, I'm sure it will come out in the in the wash, but yeah, absolutely hundred percent respect for 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 Danny Maguire and the things he's done for this club, but obviously in rugby in general, he's been a legend. Well, he's a legend. Not being a legend, he's a legend. Um, and yeah, just a shame that if if the departure was to happen, that it wasn't in more controlled circumstances. Whereas a fan or a set of fans, we could have shown that appreciation for what he's done properly. The you know the way we do do that. Um, that's for me a little bit disappointing that we haven't been able to do that and. I think I hope many fans would 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 sort of agree with that sentiment as well because of you know of the situation he found himself in and helped us out. But also, yeah, he's he's got a coaching career that he's actively looking to pursue. Where that will take him, who knows? Um, obviously, it's not with with us at the minute. Um, but you know, we wish him nothing but the best for the future, as long as it's not in games against Hulkar, of course. Yeah, very interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, Dan Craft, uh, Ryan Milne, sad to see him go? Sad? Probably not. I think <laughs> if you're going to be ruthless, he's, he's, where is he in the pecking order? You've got Mikey Lewis, Jordan Abdul, Tara May, 
Ron Milnes, aren't you? He's he's again another one where is he up to it? Probably not. No, he's only a young lad still, isn't he? But the effort was the effort was always there. You can't fault the lad's effort again. He's another one, isn't he? Where it's just probably the quality wasn't there, and the the, the brain, some, some of the brain farts he made when he was uh, the main man playing standoff. It was just you just had your head in your hands, but. You wish him well, don't you, Cass? At least he's got himself a Super League gig. You won't want to. You won't want to see him go drop down the leagues because you know he's a good lad and he's he's served the club well. He's he's how many games has he played for us? He's he got the start there, John. Are you just looking? No way. No, I'm, I I am looking. I haven't wrote that one down, but I think he's pushing. Do you know what he's pushing on? I think at least fifty. Well, there you go. He's, fifty appearances for the club. He's, yeah, you send him. You wish him well, don't you? He's obviously is he. He want out of contract, was he? Would just let him go. Well, sure. no, but another one where they've paid up his contract, so it's more. That's you know, it. it's not. It's more money off the salary cap. In, so the um, this is it. I'm, mean, you know, I said about Willie Peters being under pressure next season, monetary wise. I mean, I think this season Dan was already supposed to be at cap, or if not close, very close to it. With the paying off of players, bringing in obviously you were bringing in. Uh, Hiku, Gilda, etc. You know, next season you'd you'd expect the Robins to be operating probably at the cap for for so it does ramp up the pressure and and you know Roy Milnes, you know you'd you'd say he doesn't have a place really for next season because Tyrone May comes in and and you'd say you know it's a fair assumption he's a, an upgrade he's playing in the Chan uh, the Super League Grand Final on Saturday. Uh, Roy Milnes isn't. Um, so you'd say that and it would Penrith exactly. So, so. Um, it, the pressure ramps up. Um, I mean, another player, Dan, who left Sam Wood, um, never let us down, no, honest bloke, but we've probably got to be a bit better than that. And I guess that's where we need to be, don't we? Yeah, you look at like where the, where the players are going, they're going to cast, aren't they? It's probably their level, isn't it? The bottom half, super like sad. If we're going to be releasing players and they're going to these bottom half Super League sides, well, what does that tell you about the quality? They've never let us down. You're right. The good, good lads and the effort's always been there. But if like, we'll go back to our earlier point, if we're going to move forward, we need to be ruthless. Yeah. Get I'm sure. I rem- I'm trying to think, Dan. I remember when um, at the start, towards the start of the season, when uh, Rovers let Will Tate leave. And yeah. I remember there was a few Rovers fans going, hang on, he's the future. You know, why are we letting our young prospects go in? And it's no slight on Will Tate whatsoever. It just shows you, though, how things change over time. And and I suppose you only get a true reflection on their ability when you look back and you see what they're going to do next. And, and you know, if we get eggs on our face for because they've gone on being well beaters, so be it, but chances are we probably won't. No, you 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 always want you you the lads to do well, don't you? Especially the young lads. If we're letting young lads go, you want them to to do well. Especially the young old lads, they're the ones that you want to see flourish. And that's what and that's a completely different point. But that's what we need to be getting to, where kids are coming out of our academy are, are going into the first team. That's where your Wiggins and your Saints are excelling. Now, how many how many lads out of the academy did we have in the first team against Wigan? You got yeah. Mikey Lewis, 
Who else trying to think off the top of my head? I can't think off the top of my head. But that's 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 the level you're at, isn't it? That's that's the next stage of the building process. Not relying on filling your cap full of imports. You got to. That's that's the next step of the building process, isn't it? We're on a journey, aren't we? Wigan Saints. They're all at the top of the tree, aren't they? They they've got it sussed at the minute. Where where are they? We're halfway up the tree. It's just little bits like that we need to sort out, and that's when we'll we'll make it as the one of the the big dogs. Yeah, Graham, very quickly, Tom Opachik, uh, New Deal. Uh, I thought it was homesick. Apparently not. He, uh, he loves it in East Hull. Um, he can't get enough of it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's um, Olness Road, whatever it is, whether it's running in front of the East End. He seems to love it here. Uh, New Deal, you know, great to see. He, he, I mean, yeah, he didn't have the greatest game against Wigan, but his consistency over the course of the season and... and um, He's a player for me, Graham, where um, you don't necessarily notice him during a game because you don't come up with the the, the, the the magic stuff. But when you take him out of the team, bloody hell, you, you know he's gone. Yeah, I think I think he loves the vape shops and takeaways, John of Holden's Road. So that's, <laughs> the, that, that's what's kept me in no yeah. doubt about it. Why, why would he not? Um, yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Um, I think he's just solid every week and he does... So I won't say he's invisible, but he just goes about his business really quietly, really effectively. Um, defensively, is good. Uh, uh, he does come up with some magic every now and again. There's there's a few tip-ons around the corners that he's done this season that have been wow, proper wow moments. So well, that try in the derby, the 14-0, uh, where he just, you know, everyone thought he was down on the ground and he pops up and there you go. Yeah, so he's got, he's got them in his game as well. So I am really pleased that we've got that Bit of business done early, you know, it's, it's quite ironic that in the same week that Opachik and Kennedy were his signings, one's got released of his contract and one's got the extension to his contract. Um, but again, the the signing of Opachik nice and early, there's no um, no speculation now. Next season, it's it's all done, dusted, that he's, he's going to be around for the next few years. Um, stability, you know, again, retaining players like that should have a you know, a calming influence on on uh, other players in the squad, and also importantly, the levels of player we're trying to attract in the future, um, not just in the here and now, but in the future as well, to be able to retain players like that and attract players like grand final winners Oliver Gildart, Tyrone May, etc. That that's the caliber of player we're now moving into the market for. We're not, you know, to to, to quote down there, we're not looking to accept mediocrity now, and I think. We'll, we, you know, we've seen that in evidence this season, where players have who have not performed to the level that Peters wants them to. They've been moved on, or they've had to knuckle down. And if they can't cut it, still, then they've been paid up and uh, released from contracts. So I think it's, there's, a, there's a clear pattern emerging about the types of player and the qualities that Peters expects, which again, coupled with that that block of games of playing the whole KR way, if we can add extra quality to that, and you take out players individually in that and replace them with new players and thinking would that make us a better squad on that day in most cases I'm saying yes it will yeah we'll see one player who's coming in uh, Danny's Reese Butterworth um, League One Player of the Year of course announced last year, uh, last night at the the, uh, the the Rugby League Awards evening Bevan French of course Man of Steel Reese Butterworth the League One Player of the Year he's playing at the Jewsbury Rams 
24 year, years old. He's the hooker. Uh, interestingly, he played 22 games last season, or this season, sorry. His most games he's played in his career in one season, 25, which was the previous season. Uh, previous clubs include Bradford and Huddersfield. Um, it's almost like his third bite of the cherry. Um, he's coming into the side with uh, Jez Litton, Matty Parcell, uh, Lenny Ellis in front of him uh, or with him. Um, interesting to see where he fits in next season, whether he's going to go come in and go out on loan or whether he's going to fit into the, the reserve set or whether he might not even play that position. I mean, you know, sometimes it happens, doesn't it, where coaches spot a player and um, the spot on playing in one position, but actually they bring him in to, to play a different one. But um, League One Player of the Year, I suppose he's, he's got a bit of quality about him and it's going to be interesting to see what he can do for the Robins if he, if he does feature next season. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one. I think I don't think he'll do. He'll be playing that much. I think he'd be a bit like a phoenix, won't he? Sat, sat in the reserves, waiting for his his chance. Uh, League One Player of the Year. Yeah, fair play to him. It's it's not the best standard, is it? He played against Cornwall and London Scholars, and that. I mean, I could probably have a good run out there. Um, but well, that's a ball claim. If anyone's listening from from Cornwall, take a chance on me. I've got a yeah. Cornwall. Take a chance yeah. on me. Um. But yeah, I think I don't think he'll be with first team, but I can't see him being costing that much on the salary cap. I think he's he's you know gonna be a bad backup, is he? If if Parcel or Lytton, such what they do, but if they pick up a knock, you can probably slot him right in, can't you? Good preseason, you know, a Willie Peters preseason sounds brutal, doesn't it? A Willie Peters one. It's tearing everyone out, isn't it? But if it you know, get him into the fitness, get him back up to Speed with Super League. No reason why he can't put in a shift. What do you say? What's 23? 24. 24. So he's, he's still got his years ahead of him, hasn't he? So, yeah. I'd never knock a new sign until I've seen him play. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's the end of the penultimate Red Robin podcast weekly of the season. Next week, it's going to be a very special podcast because I'm going to invite all the podcast regulars who have been on throughout the season to come on, tell me their season highlights. Uh, their favourite player of the season, their favourite moments, and also tell me their hopes for next season. So it's going to be a very special podcast, so make sure you tune into that next week. Um, this has been the Red Robin Podcast Weekly, but for now, live, love, laugh and be happy. 